is clubbed and the catch has been taken. That's a win for Netherlands. We've just witnessed one of the major upsets in 50 hours cricket. Yeah, incredible scenes at the Cricket World Cup with the Netherlands uh, in the end comfortably beating South Africa. An extraordinary upset. And just a couple of days after Afghanistan caused a huge upset in beating the defending champions England by 69 runs. Next up at Cricket World Cup, it is the Black Caps looking to continue their good start. But they'll have a challenging assignment and might have just been put on notice after Afghanistan's win, Afghanistan are their next opponent. But let's reflect on the Dutch's victory over South Africa with one of the Netherlands' finest ever club cricketers, uh, who was also born in South Africa, resides in New Zealand these days. And is, of course, the great Grant Elliot. Hello, friend. How's that for an intro? You like that one? Is that good I one? was waiting. I was waiting for you to rattle off all the teams that I played for, and I thought, we don't have enough time for that, Daniel. We don't have enough time for all those franchises I've played for. What do you call me? You just call me a mercenary, don't you? Well, I don't. I just allow you to call yourself a mercenary, um, case in point. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like, like, like the Netherlands is close to your heart. You, you spent quite a bit of time over there on the, the carpet wickets. Yes, they, they play on like a matting. Well, they did when I was over there. Like, I know, Louis, your head's going to explode, mate. They didn't, they didn't play on grass when Grant was there. So, uh, you're right. I spent six years there, six seasons, six summers or winters. Um, and, you know, we play on coconut matting, it was called. And underneath was the, uh, the soil. And I used to try and level that out and then roll it and get it really hard because I wanted fast and quick wickets, whereas... If you stretch the coconut matting really tight, it would be quick and bouncy. So when you were playing Andre Adams, for example, from the Haas SA, um, you wouldn't want to stretch it that much. Or the players were like, don't stretch it, Grant. <laughs> so I'd have to make it a little less sort of stretch so that it was slow and low and it would turn. And it was like playing on a green seamer all the time. It was such, there was such difficult wickets. But not only that, but the grass was quite long. Um, so you'd hit the ball and you couldn't hit it along the ground because you just wouldn't get any value for runs. So, I mean, the most important thing I learned going to the Netherlands was you had to learn to win games by yourself because they looked at the pro and they, they said, right, well, you've got to win this game for us. But the cricket standard was actually, it was really good. You know, you had guys like Andre Adams, um, Matthew Mott played there for a while. I think Gary Stead played in the Netherlands, Simon Dool. Um, you know, there's like amazing cricketers and someone like Darren Rikers who played for Canterbury ended up going and living there and, you know, marrying a, a Dutch wife and then played for the Netherlands. So you get this expat com- community um, that become coaches of, of the leagues there. And it's actually, they don't have first-class cricket. So club cricket is strong cricket. Like it's, you go over there as a, a clubby, if you want to say that, and it's, um, you, you know, there's expectations. So... They've built up their cricket from when I was there to where they are now. Um, and they've obviously got a lot of uh, bigger names. Um, you, look, you look at their, um, their uh, scorecard and Max O'Dowd obviously played in New Zealand, brought up in, um, in, in Auckland for a little while. He was a youngster when I was there. And then Ackerman plays for Leicestershire, I think, still. And then Buster Lader, son of Tim Lader. Tim Lader played for years for, um, for the Netherlands. And then 
you've got the likes of Logan Van Beek and Roloff on the mover. So Logan, obviously, from New Zealand, Wellington, Roloff from South Africa. So they've got their expats in there, and they've got, like, a nicely balanced team. But to beat South Africa, Daniel, I don't know. Amazing. I, you know, we keep talking about the choke. Well, you know, we were, we were discussing the other day where I said I didn't have South Africa in my top four. And suddenly they've become like these dark horses where, you know, is this the hurdle that now puts them, you know, in doubt for this World Cup as, as one of the favourites? Because they came in under the radar and then now, um, you know, everyone is thinking they'd be favourites. But after this loss like England losing to Afghanistan, you go, well, will they be in that top four? Clip that one up, Louis. Send it out. Former Black Cap says South Africa chokers further enhancing his reputation as South Africa's most loathed uh, cricketer in the world. Uh, Grant Elliott, good on you for sticking out your neck. I-, I agree with you. I agree with you. All those sort of doubts that we have about South Africa came, came flooding back to me when, when I grasped this result. It's like, just as we started talking about the high-powered batting at the top and at the bottom, you go and, and, and lose a game where they, they really should win. But they've actually lost it quite convincingly in the end. And from a position where they had no, the Netherlands on the ropes, the, the Dutch were 112 for six, spanning first grant. Yeah, I mean, you know, they were South Africa were decent with the ball up front, but they just bowled too many freebies at the back end. Um, and the thing is with a lot of these teams is you can allow the game to just drift. Um, and you're allowed to drift and go, oh, it doesn't really matter, you know, we'll win it no matter what. Because South Africa, I mean, they've scored 400 recently, so now 240 doesn't look like a great total, does it? And it was just in 43 overs, so it was, um, you know, reduced. But, um, yeah, the problem with letting the game drift is they they do get free runs in the the back end of the innings. And... um, yeah, that's unfortunately that should have, should have probably been closer to that 220 mark or 210 mark rather than 245. And you know, Edwards uh, got too many freebies, and then Roloff van der Merwe, who can who can obviously hold it back. But when your number 10 gets 23 or nine deliveries, that comes in and hits three maximums. It's you haven't executed, um, and it probably just shows you that that maybe the minnows are not as far away as they have been in other World Cups. Netherlands and Afghanistan, two big wins for them. Massive wins uh, in the context of, of this, this competition. And, you know, you, you look at the, um, the table now, and it's Australia were at the bottom for a little, a little while there. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's looking like, I mean, who is going to be in that top four? I'm going to stick with my original uh, decision and still say India. Um, I, I went for Pakistan, Australia, and New Zealand. That was my top four, but it changes daily, Daniel. It changes daily. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on to New Zealand. Let's start off with a man who probably the, the panic hasn't been as ripe as it probably should have been over the last 72 hours. I think New Zealanders have been uh, distracted by the Rugby World Cup, but we've got to talk about the Kane Williamson doomsday clock. Um, it's a time of unprecedented danger. Grant, this is a segment we do on the Saturday session, people. It's the Kane Williamson doomsday clock. Is that important? A time of unprecedented danger, Grant. It's 90 seconds to midnight, isn't it? Oh, I just feel gutted for this bloke. The effort he's made just to get back and then to have a freakish cricketing sort of thing happen and break a bone in his hand. 
You know, I don't think the listeners probably appreciate the turmoil you go through uh, as an athlete just getting through injuries. You know, you're sitting there and you, it's and also against the clock for Kane Williamson, trying to, like, recover against the clock to, to count good for a World Cup. Um, I think that, you know, he would have gone through a lot of turmoil and then finally got there and was starting to play cricket again and then to get this on top of it. I mean, you never play cricket being 100% fit, ever. But, um, you know, Kane's probably going running at 60% now or even less with this broken thumb. And you have to try and find a way. I've, I've played with a broken thumb before. It's not easy. It was the bottom hand, not the top hand. So this is the top hand for Kane, which you probably use a, a little bit more. But um, you can find ways, but then it's in the field. You know, he's trying to, you know, get the confidence in his knee. And that's the thing about injuries. It's confidence. It's playing with an injury enough times where you don't think about it and you don't want to think about your body. You just want to play on instinct and not have anything holding you back. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough one. But, you know, let's look at the ray of sun, sunlight that we do have. And that's Rachin Ravindra. Well, he's come in and we've got Will Young as well. You know, we actually, we, we really are blessed at the top of the order to have players that can not, not replace Kane because no one can because he's one of the world's best that's ever been and he's the musician's best player ever. Uh, but we do have options there at the top. So I think we're very fortunate um, as a team to be able to select the players that we've got from the squad. So Gary Steed's done well in that regard. How nervous of Afghanistan should we be? <laughs> I think depending depending on the wickets, um, yeah, I think you've got to be real nervous about them. I mean, they're, talent, they're talented players. And I think what you find with the subcontinent teams is when they've got their tail up, when they've got momentum, they're amazing. And when they don't, they really are terrible. Like, you know, Pakistan's a classic example. When they're hot, they're hot, and when they're not, they are, it's very difficult to get out of that, that rut. But Afghanistan will be entering into this game, and you know what it's like in sports. If you've got a sniff and you sort of believe, um, then you, you're dangerous. So I don't think that we can, we can take anything for granted, and we're lucky we're a team that, that doesn't. We don't go in complacent. So maybe this is just exactly what we needed prior to the game, is then to beat England so that we go and we're ready for it. And there's no surprises. We should beat Afghanistan. Rashid Khan is, you know, the big one that I look at and I go, well, you know, he's dangerous. He's just, he's a match winner. Um, and he can do it for the bat as well. Like he's, he's no mug with the bat. But you look at, um, you know, their, their bowling attack, and these conditions suit them. Mohammed Nabi as well. He, and, you know, against England, he got two for 16 of six overs. So miserly but smart. He's a smart bowler. He's played all around the world. Um, and then their batters can be dangerous. So to score 284 against England uh, attack, Gurbaz um, up the front and Zadran, both of them can whack it. Um, they've got power. It's just the middle stages for them that they always get a little bit unstuck. So... Um, I think if you know if we can um, we can get quick wickets up front. I think that's the key with them. Um, and Rashid Khan, we're just going to have to negate him and Mohammed Nabi. And I think we'll be sweet. Oh, Rashid Khan, I don't think he's ever played a one day or against New Zealand. I think he's only played one T Twenty international against New Zealand. But even still, a lot of our players would have played him on the circuit 
will have at least seen him, even if it's for an overall two. How helpful can that be to preparing for a guy who on his day can rip through anyone? <laughs> you know, we used to do these um, analysis sessions where they used to put up on the uh, on the video AV system the night before. They'd go like, okay, well, let's look at Mendes. Here's his googly, here's his off spinner, here's his carom ball. And you look at it and you go, I can't tell the difference between any of those in slow motion. <laughs> 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 this ain't then, helping anyone. That, yeah, that's when the demons start going through the head. And um, I think that Rashid Khan, because his arm action is just so quick, you know, you, you you only really pick up those subtle differences when you're at the crease. So you're learning on the job, and that's the difficult thing. It's not difficult to learn on the job when you've got a seam bowler that bowls a you know, way swing or a left arm swinger that you know swings at both ways, whatever. You've faced that before. But to face someone that's short, that's got a very quick arm action, that's got subtle changes in his action where the ball can spin both ways. I mean, how many people in New Zealand can say that they've actually faced anything like that in their career, in club cricket, in anything? They probably haven't. So you do, you learn on the job. And facing Saeed Ajmal for the first time um, when I was at the, the Wanderers in a night game, he bowled cross seam. And I would always look at the seam of the ball as to how I would play spin because I could see which way it was spinning. So I think I had a like really good eye for the ball on the spinners. I didn't look at the hand. But with him, I went forward to the first ball thinking, oh, that's a douche. No, it wasn't. It was an off spinner. Appeal for LBW, not out. I was like, oh, my goodness, didn't read that. Next one, I go, oh, okay, um, that's an off spinner. No, it was a douche out past the outside uh, edge. And I go, okay, well, I can't see a thing here. It's a night game and the seam is scrambled. I'm just going to sweep. And that's what I did. And I, I found a way. But if I hadn't found a way in those first, you know, five to ten balls, then you're gone. You're finished. Um, so, and that's the thing about international cricket is they will ask questions early on in the innings um, and questions as to how proficient you are at playing them. And if you haven't got an answer, if you haven't got a game plan and the correct one, you're gone. So Rashid Khan, you're going to have to watch out for him. And the difficult thing as a team is, is you can't say – let's just make sure Rashid goes for three and over and doesn't get any wickets. And then, you know, we'll be happy with that because then you start playing the, the bowler negatively. So you have to find a way to get on top of the bowler and bowl in the areas that you want him to bowl in. Uh, Grant Elliott, lovely to chat, mate. I know you've got to get back to, to your real job. Um, but get some sleeping, mate. It's Friday night. Friday night. Friday night, you know, Saturday morning there is a, a Rugby World Cup semi-final and you've got the Saturday session off, I think, this week. But you've got... Australia, Pakistan, late Friday night, into the wee hours. Come on, Pakistan. I'm not even sure then it would eliminate Australia, but we'd be definitely facing the, the zombie apocalypse. You know, when you think Australia's dead, but then they start wandering around and start winning games. Oh, you've you got to bury them very deep, Grant. Yeah, no, listen... Um I, I'm nervous. I'm nervous for, for all of these games to come after Afghanistan, um, for, for New Zealand. But there's, there are some teams that will be desperate, Daniel. There will be teams that are desperate. Australia are one of those teams. Pakistan are another one. So this is quite a big game for both of them. It could be the defining moment for their tournaments, to be honest. Um, another team that's desperate is England. <laughs> they really, they need, they need to show something. And they, they've got 
South Africa coming up. So these big games. I mean, you know, we we thought that the Rugby World Cup was one of those ones that you couldn't call, but every team other than India, you just think, well, uh, and probably us at the moment, we're looking solid. But um, you know, hopefully, there's no surprises from a, a Black Caps perspective. But yeah, I, I can't call it at the moment. I just don't know what's happening in this World Cup. But you're right, Australia, <laughs> Pakistan, it's massive, and uh, Pakistan, they're their supporters will be hoping that they get up because there would be nothing sweeter than getting into a final in India in a World Cup for Pakistan. I know how much that will mean for them.